Hello everybody, good evening. This week is Parshas Kairach, and we're going to begin the halachas of uh, Amir Laakum. This is part one of what exactly you are allowed to tell a guy to do on Shabbos and what you are not, and how are you allowed to tell a guy to do something and in what situation. So the halachas of Amir Laakum can be... Um, the halachas of Amir Laakim can be quite complex in their entirety, but in order to know just the basic halachas, what will cover most situations, there are really just a few straightforward rules. And what's important about these halachas is that it's imperative to understand the rationale behind when and how we allow telling a guy to do something on Shabbos and when we don't. Once you understand what the rationale is, it's actually kind of simple to apply the rule to each situation. So, again, it's, we'll see in a minute, like the entirety of Amir Lakam is very complex, but in, gener- in the general application where we usually need it in our ha- homes, it's as long as you understand what the rationale is, what the rules are, What's, what's the svara behind the rule? It's not that, it's quite simple actually to apply. So now the first rule to remember actually is that there are two very different segments to these halachas. Uh, a friend of mine who wrote a sefer on this topic, he likes to refer to them as commercial amir lakam and residential amir lakam. Uh, meaning that to, commercial amir lakam means when you have an employee a non-Jewish employee here, they're on your payroll, you pay them money to do something for you. So if they do any work on Shabbos for you on your behalf, on your payroll, that's intrinsically prohibited, even if you didn't say a word to them. It has nothing to do with what you tell them. So this is what this is what we refer to as commercial miracle, meaning when it's your employee, someone you're paying to do something, your employee cannot do work for you on Shabbos no matter what. It doesn't make a difference if you talk to him, he didn't, he remiza, it it's, it's unimportant. The fact that he's employed by you is a problem. And uh, even if he does it on his own volition, without you even telling him, maybe you didn't even want him to, and he did it anyway, uh, maybe it benefits him to do it, to, you know, whatever benefit he has, if, if he's your paid worker, you have to tell him or her to stop. You actually have to go and tell them to stop and not allow them to work for you on Shabbos. So this is, this is what we refer to as commercial Amir Lakim. And commercial Amir Lakim, as long as they're doing a malacha, you know, it's a problem, malacha deraisa, even derabonans, and we're required to stop them. But it, the commercial part of Amir Lakim is actually quite complex. And generally, well, the complexity is when people have businesses that need to do things do have to happen on Shabbos or things have to get done by Sunday morning first thing and so on and so forth so then they run into these complications of when you can have a guy do something for you who's your employee and when not. For us typically in our day-to-day situation that doesn't come up. So commercial Miralakam for the large part, even though that's the most complex part, is thankfully not that relevant to us in a general way. For us it's much more relevant the residential kind of Miralakam which is the question of someone who's not employed by you or even if they happen to be employed by you, like let's say you're made, but what you're telling to them to do is not something you pay them to do. Uh, you tell them to turn on a light, turn off a light, turn on the air conditioning, turn off the air conditioning, open a fridge, close it. Those are not things you're paying them to do. So they're, um, they're, the fact that they're employed is irrelevant. That's what we call a residential Amir Lakam. When it's just a question of you telling them, are you allowed to t- 
tell them and are you not allowed to tell them. That's the majority of what we're going to be dealing with is the rules of residential Amir Lakam, which is, like I said, pretty straightforward. There's a couple of rules that you have to remember in order to know how to apply it. But before we go, this week I do want to talk a little bit more about commercial Amir Lakam because there are... Uh, about three or four applications that do come up commonly that are just important to realize and then uh, we could know how to avoid them. <clears throat> so one, one common application is when a person has, has renovations being done or they have construction being done. So there are non-Jewish people actually working for you or working for a contractor who you hired. So they're essentially doing work on your behalf, and they're your employees. They are employed by you. The contractor is employed by you. You pay him money, and he's uh, your certain kind of employee, but he's an employee. So they can't work on Shabbos, and they can't work on Friday after this man. And if you become aware that they are, even if you already told them not to, and you became aware that they're there still, you do have, we have an obligation, whoever you are, you have an obligation to go down there and tell them to stop, and like actually kind of forcibly, so to speak, uh, require them to leave. Um, and if you, even if you see, I remember he asked this question once, uh, when uh, my brother-in-law lived in uh, Roosevelt, New Jersey, which uh, was far away from Lakewood. So at the time, he was had just bought a house there, and the house was being renovated, so he was in Lakewood. And he wanted to know, uh, and, and a neighbor of his saw the non-Jews working after Shkia on his house. He wasn't even home. He was he was in Lakewood. He wanted to know, do, does he have an obligation to say on behalf of uh, my brother-in-law, or was my brother-in-law on behalf of someone else? I don't know who was who, but in any case, the the answer is yes. It's a schos. Uh, you are doing a favor to the owner by telling these people not to work because he's being over without wanting to. He's being over and over by having these goyim um, do work for him on Shabbos. Obviously, if the Jewish owner doesn't want you to tell them, so then it's a different discussion. That's a teichacha question. I have to give a musr. That's not the topic of this shir. But if he, assuming he wants to do the right thing, then it would be the right thing for us to tell them as well. Now, this applies to any kind of malacha that a non-Jew is hired to do in your house. Like, I've had people who called with questions. They've had a flood, and the mold removal people are coming, can only come on Shabbos, otherwise they can't come till next Thursday. Or they, uh, the people who put up the, you know, the, I don't know what they're called, the uh, remedial services, actually, water remedial services, so they have their fans. They want to remove their fans on Shabbos. All these different kind of things. These people are your employees, and if they, they can't do any work for you on Shabbos, then you do have to tell them to leave. And there are situations where it's allowed. Those are complex, and those Island would need to be asked. Another very common application, which comes up more often on Yantiv, is a gardener. So if you have a regular gardening service, and then there's Yantiv, like Shavuos is when it always happens. So if the day that your gardener comes is on Tuesday, and Tuesday was Yantiv, so then we are obligated to tell him, really, our obligation is to think of this in advance and to tell him not to come. And if he does come on Yantiv and we see him, we do have to tell him to leave. We actually have to tell him to leave. And if we haven't told him in advance, halakhically, it's very likely we're obligated to pay him, even though he didn't do work, even though we're not letting him do work, because it's our fault. We should have told him in advance. So it's uh, our, our obligation to tell him in advance, and either way, you're certainly not allowed to let him do any work for you, mow your lawn, anything, on, uh, on Yantiv. Another common obligation, um, and by the way, I want to also point out that Amir Lakam is obviously on Shabbos, and it's also on Yantav, but it's also on Chalamoid. Anything that we are not allowed to do on Chalamoid, we can't have a non-Jew do for us on Chalamoid as well. 
And the, the, actually, the Gemara has that halachas of Chalamoid are even more stringent than the halachas of Shabbos in certain ways. So it, it's a very real For example, uh, fixing your car on Chalamoid, if you don't need that car for Yantiv, it's just convenient because you need it right after Yantiv. So you can't fix it, obviously, you know, even if you knew how, because it's something that's not permitted to be done on Chalamoid. And you can't give it to a non-Jewish mechanic to fix either. For the same reason, because since we can't do it, we can't have a non-Jewish mechanic fix it for us as well. Uh, the, the other most typical application of this kind of commercial Amir Laakum is when we give clothing in to a cleaners, or you give a dress to a seamstress, or you give shoes to a shoemaker, any of these kind of things. And you give it to them right before Shabbos, and you require them to have it ready right after Shabbos. Now, Typically, it's not so relevant on Shabbos because they don't work on Sunday. It doesn't usually work out that way. But uh, where it is most relevant is on Yantiv. So if you gave it to them, uh, let's say Yantiv is, two, is um, Wednesday, Thursday. So you gave it to them Wednesday, Erev Yantiv, right before this, or, you know, late before this man. And you said, okay, and you're flying out right after Yantiv, so you need it ready the morning right after Yantiv immediately. So you, t- you give it to them right before Yantiv and you have them, require them to have it ready right after Yantiv. So basically you aren't giving them any other choice but to do the work for you on Yantiv or on Shabbos or on Chalamite. And that is also the same Esther. Even if you didn't tell them to do it on Shabbos, you didn't tell them to do it on Yantiv, but they're your employees and they're your employees in a way that it's required for them to work on Shabbos. Now in that particular case, if you gave them with enough advanced time that they don't have to do it on Yantiv, they could do it the day before, two days before, they had enough time to do it, then it would not be a problem even if they do choose to do it on Shabbos, being that they're doing it in the privacy of their own business, of their own home, that is not a problem. That's allowed. You don't have to go uh, investigating in their house to see what they're doing on Shabbos and Yantav. That's permitted. But it's only when you don't give them enough time. So by definition, you're forcing them to do it on Shabbos and Yantav on your behalf. That is what, uh, the, what is not allowed. And certainly you can't tell them to do it on Shabbos and Yantav. That most certainly is not allowed. And even Now, even if you give them enough advance time, let's say you gave it in a, for 24 hours before Yantav, and they tell you, oh, we're so backed up, there's no way we'll get to it until the day of Yantav. That's fine, because that's their, that's their issue. I mean, they can choose to do things in any order they like. They can have, put you first if they want, right? If you were their daughter, they probably would put you first, right? So they, they can choose to, to do you first if they want. So that's, that's fine. That's their own cheshven. But it's only if you actually don't give them enough time. You gave it in right before closing, and like, yeah, they could work late at night, but that's not normal. So when, whenever you give them with not, an, not a normal amount of time to do it, without working on Shabbos and Yantiv, then that is uh, prohibited. Uh, a fourth case, but we're going to talk about this next week because this really goes into a, it's a combination of both these kinds. Is uh, overnighting something or ordering something to be overnighted very common these days with Amazon Prime? If you do two day delivery and the second day is on Shabbos, uh, or you want to overnight something somewhere else, etc. So there also is a problem of both. Really, it's both that they're working for you and you're also really commanding them. You're telling them to do something on Shabbos by giving them the order. So that we'll talk about Be'ez Hashem next week when we go more into this residential part of the Mirlach and what you are allowed to say and what you're not allowed to say.